Hi, I'm Wayne Hines and the pastor of Grace Church Australia. Thanks so much for checking out this podcast. We hope it is inspirational and it equips you to make known the name of Jesus. You can stay connected with us during the week by going to gracegathering.online. This morning, my message is titled Jesus at the Centre. We've been sharing about our vision for 2022 in the name of Jesus and how God had been speaking to us for the last few years that our vision moving forward was transform our community and this year in the name of Jesus. And there's such an expectation in my heart, church. I'm just kind of a bit teary right now. There's an expectation in my heart that Jesus is about to do something wonderful, something amazing in our community, in our lives. He didn't call us to sit in the chairs and do nothing. We know that. He's been preparing us. And I just have this expectation that his spirit is about to break out. So last time I spoke... I shared briefly about um, the scriptures, a scripture from Acts 3.6 that God had given me at the time of taking on the role of pastor at Grace Church. And I spent a little bit of time talking about that last, a couple of weeks ago. And um, how that God had been revealing more and more revelation about it as the years have gone by. And that scripture is Acts 3 verse 6. It says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And as you know, as I've been sharing, at first that was just a personal scripture that he gave me for taking on the role pastoring. And um, it was kind of like an anchor that I knew that if I could bring Jesus to the people of Grace Church, then that's all that mattered. It didn't have to be in my own strength. I didn't have the pressure on me to have it all together and to bring everything, but that Jesus is enough in every situation. And so that was the kind of the anchor, the first thing that God gave me when we became pastors. And then a couple of years ago, God had me revisit the verse, um, but this time to look at the miracle that happened in the verse. And so that was a couple of years ago. So the miracle is that the lame man stood up and walked that Jesus healed him in the power of the name of Jesus. um, Peter and John spoke, and um, it's actually Peter that spoke, and then the man was healed. He stood up, rise up. I feel that this morning, church. Rise up, rise up, rise up and walk. And so that was a couple of years ago, kind of looking at that verse and preparing us as a church for that expectation, it's time to rise up and start walking into the next thing and expect the miracle. And now in this season, this year of 2022, God is wanting to reveal more about the verse itself, not just individually, but all in the context of the whole passage. And that comes from Acts 3. So I'm going to read it just so you have it in the back of your mind. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it in detail. There's some other things I want to talk about today, but... Um, I will it towards the end, but I just want you to have it in your mind in context of where we're going this morning as my message is titled, Jesus at the Centre. So Acts 3, verse 1 to 10. 
Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now I wanted to give you that passage of scripture in con- that, that scripture and passage in context to what I want to share today. And then again, the next time I share, I'll go into it again um, a little bit more deeply. So, but today I just want to look at a couple of treasures found in that passage and see the kind of transformation that can be made in a person's life when Jesus enters. And we read there that he stood up, um, his, his feet were strong. So we can see people, maybe, maybe not lame physically, but lame in their lives And when Jesus enters in, it's almost like this strength, well, it is a strength, (laughs) that comes into them and they are then able to leap about and rejoice about what is happening in their life. So when Jesus enters a person's life, we know there is transformation. And I believe God wants to show us some imagery that reflects the plans he has for our community as we enter into this year's vision in the name of Jesus. So I needed to give you that passage as a context and then we'll go into some more detail next time I share. So at the heart of that passage of scripture, we see that a lame man, a man unable to walk, receives healing. There is a miracle. Healing of this man's physical body takes place. So two men, we know, the disciples Peter and John, who understood the power of the name of Jesus, had the courage to speak with authority into the situation. Do you understand the power of the name of Jesus? Do you have the courage to speak into a situation? That's all they did. They understood the power of that name and they had the courage to speak and expect. A miracle happened when that happened. An amazing story that glorifies God and, of course, his beautiful son, Jesus. And we know as we read the Bible, there are many, many, many accounts of our beloved Jesus healing people from all kinds of physical and mental diseases. Jesus back then and Jesus today still wants people healed. Amen? And he still wants people to experience life in abundance. He doesn't want us to continue when we receive Jesus to go around with that lame spirit, if I can say it that way. 
He wants us to be leaping and rejoicing in what he's doing. Amen? So if you believe that um, healing was just for the early church, then you are mistaken. I want that to sink in. All around the world, Jesus is still healing the sick and raising the dead, using regular, ordinary people like you and me, believers who know their identity and their authority found in Christ Jesus. Ordinary people like you and me, having the courage to stand up and pray and understanding the authority and the power of the name of Jesus. And so Jamie and I had just gotten back from Mexico. We went to bed, I think, at 2.15 in the morning uh, from a trip. And at 4.15, my oldest son called and he said, Dad, I'm sorry to tell you this, but Peter, my youngest son, he said he's dead. And so I asked him, I said, what happened? And he told me what happened. And I said, don't you let anybody touch him until we get there. And so Jamie and I had to get up. We had to get dressed. It was an hour drive into Colorado Springs. And we didn't have cell phones. This was March the 4th, 2001. And so we uh, got ready and praised God for the word. We knew that death and life is in the power of the words. And so we refused to speak any of our doubts. In any of our fears, we spoke and agreed and said the first report is not the last report. That's the first thing that popped into my mind. Wasn't a scripture, but it was a great truth. And I, so we just said that. We got dressed, and as we started in, you know, the scripture says that you wore a good warfare by the prophecies that have gone before on you. And so... As we were driving in, I was beginning to feel grief and sorrow and anything that anybody would feel, and uh, I just didn't like it. And I've learned that you, we have love, joy, and peace. I can choose how I feel, and I don't like grief, and I didn't like sorrow, and so uh, I just started resisting it. And out of nothing but faith, I just was saying in the name of Jesus, I refuse to grieve. I refuse to get into anger, into grief, into sorrow. And I started just praising God in an effort to counter all of the negative stuff that I was feeling. And as soon as I did, you know, when you start praising God, the Bible says that strength to still the enemy and the avenger. Praise makes you focus on the positive instead of the good and the negative. You know, Heidi made a real point two or three times today about this, that you cannot focus on the persecution and the sorrow and the grief. You have to focus on the positive things. And so anyway, I knew that, and I just started praising God. And when I did, prophecies started coming back to my remembrance reminding me of things. And, and there was two instances where people who never knew me came up to me and said, you've got two boys and the younger is going to turn to the Lord before the older one does. And these were people that didn't even know me. They didn't know if I had two boys or how many kids I had. And yet I knew it was ordained of God and they prophesied exactly what I needed to hear. And those prophecies hadn't come to pass. And it just finally dawned on my lightning fast mind that if those prophecies were really from God, then he had to live. And so we were believing for him, but all of a sudden I saw it. 
those prophecies helped me to focus. And I started laughing and I told Jamie, I said, this is going to be the greatest miracle we've ever seen. I'm not sure what Jamie thought about me. I know she was standing in agreement, but I saw it. And I said, it's going to be awesome. And when we finally got into Colorado Springs, my oldest son came out and he said, I don't know what happened, but five or ten minutes after we called you, Peter just sat up and started talking. And, and when my oldest son called, he had been dead over four hours. He was already stripped naked. He was a white boy. He turned black. And he had a tote tag on, stripped naked on a cooler in a morgue. And he had already been uh, pronounced dead and, and put in a morgue. And he just sat up and started talking. Between four and five hours with no oxygen to the brain. And he came back with no brain damage. No more than he had before. It's not just for the early church. Amen. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To show you that the power of the name of Jesus isn't just for people in America, isn't just for people in different places around the world, I'm going to just share a testimony. It's of Terry's testimony um, and a couple of other things a bit later. But um, it just shows you God's goodness. So Terry was just reminding me again this morning some of the details, so I apologise if they're a little bit wrong, but Terry had a heart to walk up and down in the streets of Toronto, and from a distance she saw a man, um, and his leg was kind of red. She didn't know what that meant, but she thought, I have to go and pray for him. So she walked up, and... Um, and could should see then as she got closer that his leg was swollen up to two to three times larger and was red and all blotchy. And, um, and, she, and he'd gone into a shop and come back out. And she said, oh, what's happening here with your leg kind of thing? He said, had blood clots and his leg was huge and he was to go to hospital, I think the next day or that week, and um, have an operation or have help in some way. And she said, well, can I pray for you? And so she prayed for him. Some unknown person in the street, an ordinary believer like you and me, sitting in the room with us this morning. And she prayed for him, um, didn't know what happened, but came back two days later. And as she approached the shop where the man had been, um, a lady was calling out, Oh, the healer's here, the healer's here. And she's like, what? What's happening? Um, and then she told him that she wasn't the healer, that Jesus was the healer. But um, his leg was perfectly normal, free of blood clots, and he didn't have to go to hospital. Amen? Give glory to God, because this is a testimony within us, church. This is just an ordinary believer like you and I, who has the power of the authority in the name of Jesus, who knows who they are in Christ. And that's really, when you look at it, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And that's all that Terry did. Terry went and said, in the name of Jesus, I'm believing that Jesus can do this. Amen. Now you might think that, well, that's Terry. She's full of faith. She's a God girl. And um, it's not me. But I'm here to encourage you, church. It is you. You might say, I'm too shy, I'm too busy, 
Um, I'm not educated enough. I don't know enough about the Bible. Whatever. You can put whatever little thing in there, whatever reason in there. But I want to tell you, child of God, because that is your identity. Child of God, that is you. Because at the point of salvation, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. You are robed in righteousness. You have identity and authority in Jesus Christ. Silver and gold you may not have, but what you do have is the name of Jesus. Amen? So as a believer, the Holy Spirit now lives inside of you. Now, when I was preparing, I kind of just thought, yeah, that's, I say that a lot. And we can take that for granted. But I want you to actually really think about that. As a believer, the Holy Spirit now lives inside of you. And I think we can take that for granted. I don't think we think about that. And I want you to maybe ruminate upon it this week. You know, ruminate like a cow. Think, chew, chew, chew. Think on it. Amen? The Holy Spirit, in Hebrew, Ruach HaKodesh. Ruach HaKodesh. The Holy Spirit lives inside of me. And that Ruach is the spirit, the wind, the breath. And Kodesh is holy, sacred of God. The breath of God lives inside of you. Amen? Amen? Maybe you can ruminate on that this week. Romans 8 verse 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. I love that. To remember that that Holy Spirit, that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, is living inside of you. Amen? Now, sometimes when we step out and pray for people, we may never see or hear what happens to them. And I was kind of reminded of a time in Vanuatu and Sri Lanka. I'm not quite sure what's happening there because Tobias is at the back with the remote. Are we all good? <laughs> um, and we would have lines of people. They're hungry for God in those places. Because potentially they don't even have money to feed themselves or house themselves or have um, medical help. So they have one supply and it's God. And so they're hungry for prayer. So I remember as missionaries, um, when, we, when we would go to churches and different places and villages and praying for, and um, in church services and praying for people, people would flock to the front and there would be lines of people not about me, but about wanting God to do something and praying for each one of them. Now, I don't know what happened in that situation when I prayed for those people. I don't remember their, all their names. I don't remember all their situations. But God does. And so sometimes when we step out and pray for people, we may never see or we may never hear what actually happens to them. We, we could have prayed for someone. There could have been a miracle. We don't know. And sometimes when we pray for people, the healing isn't instantaneous, but it's over time. And God's still doing a work. He's still healing. He's walking with us on the journey. So there's a photo of me. Now, if you look closely, you'll see I had a burst blood blister 
right here on my nose. I had that for many, 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 many years. And um, in all vanity, I didn't like it as a woman. <laughs> I didn't like it. Foundation couldn't cover it and it just would always be there. And so I thought, okay, God, you are my healer and I'm going to do something about it. Now, I daily would put my finger on my nose where that spot was, sometimes with anointing oil, and I would say, in the name of Jesus, you are to go. In the name of Jesus, you are healed. In the name of Jesus. I don't remember when I was healed. It was just a daily thing I did. An ordinary believer, power of the name of Jesus, continually asking and instantaneously healed? No. But healed nonetheless? You can come and check later if you like. <laughs> but yes, so it's not to show you my picture and take it down now, but just to show you proof <laughs> that God can heal us of anything, okay? And He can do anything when we ask in the power of the name of, of Jesus. Now, sometimes when we pray for people, we may not see the result we hope for. We all know that, okay? I remember we had a really good friend, a male in his 30s, a beautiful, really close friend. And he had cancer and he died. People were praying for him, praying for him, praying for him, and he died. We didn't see the prayer answered the way that we hoped, okay? <clears throat> but that didn't stop his wife and a group of his close friends going to the morgue and praying and believing and trusting and asking for him to be raised back to life. This is in Lake Macquarie, I'm telling you. So this isn't a story over, over the world. This is a Lake Macquarie story. So what I'm trying to un get you to understand, church, is it's not just about the world out there or the early church. It's about you and me with that authority and identity, trusting now, he did not come back to life. But does that mean that they lacked faith? Does it mean that the power of the name of Jesus is no good? No. It's, his name is no less because the results were not what I hoped for. The power of the, na the name of Jesus remains the same. It doesn't change. And I can hope for something and believe for something and it may not come to pass. I might not see what I hope for. But you know what? God continues to get the glory. Now we think, he died. How can God get the glory? Well, at his um, funeral, the gospel was preached. A chance for all of those people who don't know Jesus to hear the truth, to hear the gospel. Family members were reconciled. God gets the glory. And through all of that sorrow and grief that we find ourselves in in those situations, God provides financially, emotionally, um, opportunities for the gospel to be shared, as I said. God is the comforter. In the midst of, of all of that sorrow and grief, when we lose someone or our, our prayers aren't answered the way that we think they or hope and believe, God still gets the glory. He will always turn things around for good. And I know um, for a long time in the grief for that, young, that wife, she had two young kids, 
um, she's remarried and has two other kids. And so her life wasn't lost. God still got the glory. God's still blessed. And yes, we all understand that sorrow and grief, but God continues to get the glory. Romans 8.28, as we know. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, there are three different types that I just said about prayer. So sometimes it takes a bit longer. Sometimes we don't see it at all in terms of we might never know what happened. And sometimes it doesn't work out the way that we hoped for. But God will always get the glory and God is always good. But I want to ask you this morning, what if my friend did come back to life? What if he did? What if he'd been raised back to life? What if the prayers from ordinary people, believers like you, believers like me, had been answered in the way that we'd expected right here in Lake Macquarie? All glory will still go to God. So no matter of the outcome of our prayers, God will always produce something good. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. The power in his name does not change. When we hope and we believe for something and maybe it doesn't work out the way we think or we don't know what actually happened, like Terry said, oh, I wasn't really going to go back, but I thought I'd go back and find out how he was. Well, what if she didn't go back? And we didn't know that story, but he still got a miracle. Amen? The power of the name of Jesus does not change. It's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let's head back um, to our passage of Scripture in Acts 3 about the lame man. So I wanted to say all of that to kind of look at um, a couple of points in that, that passage of Scripture and just two of the themes in that passage. But the real um, main idea I want you to get out of this morning church, okay, is um, I want you to get it deep down in your spirit. I want it to kind of take root deep down in your spirit is the value of the name of Jesus. The value of the name of Jesus. Like the Holy Spirit, sometimes we can forget or take for granted. We have the breath of God living in us. And we can take the name of Jesus um, not understanding its value. Okay, so I want to talk about that now. So I believe that there are millions of um, Christians or believers across the greater church, across the world, who actually undervalue Jesus. Their eyes are still partially blinded to the exquisite preciousness of Jesus. They may have received salvation, they may have faith, and they may be living godly lives, yet they still lack to see um, that intimacy or they, they lack that intimacy of truly seeing, truly knowing, fully or experiencing the beauty of Jesus. Church, I want you to understand he is priceless. Jesus is priceless. I want you to think of the most expensive item in the world. I don't know, maybe it's an artwork. I don't know some precious artwork or gem. Jesus surpasses that a billion times over. 
There is nothing in this world that compares to the preciousness of Jesus. His value is inconceivable. He is God's beloved son. When the Holy Spirit came down and um, when Jesus was baptised and God said, this is my beloved son, he was saying, how priceless, how precious, how much worth and value do I put on him, my son. And you know the amazing thing, church? That's what he says about you. That's what he says about you, my beloved child. The most precious, priceless, beautiful thing, person in the world, Jesus. And he still calls us beloved. Amen? Jesus needs to be at the centre of our lives. We need to make sure we value him. And I've noticed kind of as God's done a journey through our core team and our, um, and our leaders, we've been doing a thing of undoing what church is. What is church? And the one thing that we really just need, regardless of songs and lights and chairs and whatever, is Jesus. Jesus at the centre. All the bells and whistles and smoke machines and bands and whatever else are pointless if we are here clanging those cymbals and there is not Jesus at the centre. He is the person to be lifted high. He is the gift to remember the value. In Acts 3, we read about the lame man and um, he's begging at the gate beautiful and he's asking for alms. So he's asking for money, alms being money. He's asking for help. And um, there's just a couple of things I'm going to have a look at now. Um, and I love that he's sitting at the gate beautiful. And um, I'll talk about that in a second. But first I want to talk about the alms. So alms comes from the Greek word alios there and... Um, it's to do with mercy and pity. And in the Old Covenant, um, in the law, it talks about how the um, people should look after the poor. There's laws. There are laws to tell the people to look, have mercy and pity on those that are poor and needy or sick. And they're told to do that based on a law in the Old Covenant. And so the lame man sitting at the gate is under the Old Covenant, Okay, there's something wrong with him. He's sitting at the gate. And because there is something wrong with him, he can't actually enter the temple because he's not whole. So he's sitting at the gate, gate beautiful, asking for money, asking for mercy, arms mercy. And it also refers to that root word there, covenant loyalty, meaning you have an obligation to help me. Covenant loyalty, covenant love, um, mercy as defined, you'll read it up there, by loyalty to God's covenant. So when he's sticking out his hand and he's begging, he's saying, you have an, a, a covenant um, with me, according to the word, according to the law, you should give me something to take care of me. So he's asking for arms. Okay. So he's under the old covenant, covenant and as people are walking by, he's asking for arms and he's saying, remember the law of mercy, I want arms, remember the law of mercy and be loyal 
to what God's covenant says according to the law. But Peter and John, okay, as they walked past him, they did not give out of the covenant of law. They came to the gate and he asked, but they didn't give out of the covenant of law. They gave what they had out of the covenant, new covenant, covenant of mercy from the new covenant, not the covenant of mercy according to the law, but out of the new covenant love. So what is mercy under the new covenant of grace? They gave the lame man the most priceless gift that they had. Jesus. They were under no obligation under the law to give him money, but under the covenant of grace, they showed mercy by giving him the most priceless gift they had. They could have given him money, but the most priceless gift they had was Jesus. The most priceless gift you have is Jesus. 1 Peter 18, 19 says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere silk, gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. I love that it says mere silver and gold. Because in the world, silver and gold are of pretty important value. Would you agree? He would like more silver and gold. <laughs> no one's going to put their hand up. <laughs> but the scripture says mere, meaning there is an, um, it's ir irrelevant to comparison. It's just mere silver and gold. We hold it up here. But it's just mere silver and gold. And it loses its value. So it's irrelevant in comparison to the worth of Jesus. I love that. Here's the most priceless gift we have. The second thing I want to talk about is the gate beautiful. And I knew there would be something in that because I love that God always has some meaning in names. And I knew there would be something in it, but it was quite um, unexpected what came out of that study. It's from the Greek word horaios, horaios. Um, which talks about an hour or a time of fulfilment. And I love that because right there, there were two covenants happening. The old covenant under which the lame man lived and the new covenant of that gift that Peter and John gave. The time of fulfilment, the hour, a particular hour, a season of time, beautiful in timing and fruitful because it's fully developed or prepared. I love that the lame man was sitting at the gate beautiful. Because at the gate beautiful, God shows us law and grace. He shows us mere silver and gold. But here is our priceless gift. Our priceless gift. A gift that you have. A gift that you can give, church. Amen? God is continuing to position us, Grace Church, in his beautiful timing 
at this particular hour, being a season of time, just like the gate beautiful, at this particular hour, we've been fully developed, prepared to be fruitful. Prepare to be fruitful in the year 2022 because as we repeatedly put Jesus at the centre of what we do and what we say, we will see that fruitfulness. We will see that fruitfulness in our community. And I know that this is the now season because over this um, last couple of years, it's been a holding pattern as we kind of get through things keeping us all together. God's been changing us and um, developing us and growing us and helping us to trust only in him. Things of the world fall away. But Jesus is the, thing we need, is the person we need to hold on to. So he's been teaching us and positioning us. And so I'm believing for this year, for 2022. He's positioned us. Um, we're going to be fruitful because we're fully developed. We're fully prepared you are, as ordinary believers in your identity and in the authority that you have in the name of Jesus. That's who you are, children of God. It's not about pastors and leaders. It's about you, kingdom of priests. Amen? So sometimes we ask ourselves, what do I have to offer? You can just smile if you've ever done that. <laughs> or we think to ourselves, I have nothing to offer. Oh, but you do. And it is priceless. And his name is Jesus. Amen. To hear more podcasts from Grace Church Australia, make sure you subscribe and stay connected by going to gracegathering.online.